Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you. It's Friday. It's rolling downhill towards the weekend, but it's awful soggy. Man, we are nothing but a soup bowl. I don't even know if it's a soup bowl. It's more like chili. Red dirt chili is what we have on It's a mess here. And it just keeps coming. I don't think we're going to get to see sunshine until maybe Sunday. So, uh, boy, what a soggy mess we've got. It's cold outside, just a cold rain falling. And good day to be inside, be cuddled up in front of a heater, maybe with a hot cup of chocolate or something, and watch a good movie. So, with that in mind, I want to share with you a message tonight called The One Question That Changes Everything. One Question That Changes Everything. So if you if you like it when someone cuts to the chase, giving you the bottom line without all the details, then you'll be glad that we're going to boil down this massive subject to one simple yet incredibly profound life-changing question. Adds that suck you in in 45-minute explanation and tries to sell you something, that ain't us tonight. We're going to knock her out. First, let me remind you of this foundational truth concerning stewardship. God owns everything that exists, including you and I. God confirms his ownership of everything in Job chapter 41, verse 11, where he says, He forcefully questioned Job, who has given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. That's pretty plain. God owns us. We must keep this truth ever present in our minds. Ponder this truth when you sit down to prepare your personal balance sheet of all that you own. Your list of assets, you would be very short, should be very short. In fact, the page should be blank because we own nothing, period. We could certainly prepare a list of assets that we're managing for him, but it is all his. Only by accepting this foundational truth of God's ownership of everything can we be properly prepared to ask the one question, that changes everything. Unfortunately, it's not a question that we can ask and and answer just once and then move on. It's a question we must ask daily, sometimes even hourly. It is simple to ask, yet it's quite difficult to answer. Is your curiosity peaked yet? We're still in that suck you into a 45-minute explanation to try to sell you something mode here. The question is this, God, What do you want me to do with all that you have entrusted to me? That's a pretty deep question. God, what do you want me to do with all that you've entrusted to me? We're more than willing to acknowledge that God owns everything. But in spite of this fact, we still continue making decisions like it's all ours. The ultimate objective of of a steward of God's property is to do what... He, the owner, wants us, his stewards, to do with it. Brace yourself for this sobering truth. What we want to do with our stuff is entirely irrelevant. Now, does this idea seem to pretty restrictive? But yet we don't get to make any decisions about all we possess. At first, it can certainly feel that way. Let's put this in this meaning. You mean I'm no longer in charge? issue into a broader context. Who is our role model in how we're to live? Jesus. Jesus is our example. 
He had no qualms about completely yielding his will to the will of his father while he was temporarily dwelling on this planet. He repeatedly informed his listeners who was in charge of his life. He constantly said, I'm, I'm, I'm about my father's business. In John chapter 12, verse 49, he notes the source of all his words. For I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. In John eight twenty eight, he includes all his actions. I do nothing on my own initiative in order for, in other words, everything that, that Jesus said and did was actually directed by his Father. He was not saying or doing anything apart from his father's direction. What about when his when this God-man and his father disagreed on a plan of action? For example, consider when Jesus had second thoughts about his pending trip to the cross. Garden of Gethsemane, remember? One of my favorite verses, one of my favorite depictions of this, Jesus willingly yielded his own will to that of his father when he prayed this. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. That's Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. God is in charge of every aspect of Jesus' life. One question inevitably emerges from Jesus' statements. If Jesus was willingly yielded all of his words, his actions, and even his very life to the will of the Father, dare we be so arrogant or rebellious as to make unilateral decisions about our lives and possessions without first consulting with the Father. In other words, are we personally emulating Jesus' submission statement in John chapter 5, verse 30, where he said, I can do nothing on my own initiative because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Not only does Jesus model this for us, he also gives us very direct instructions on how to handle our Father's property. Jesus taught his disciples to pray in his model prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. We've no problem with God's will being done in heaven. The problem's down here on earth, isn't it? The solution to this heaven-on-earth challenge is literally for us to be willingly allowing God and His will to rule in how we manage our personal lives and what we do with the possessions that we watch over down here, those things that he's given us to manage. In so doing, believers will allow God's kingdom to come and his will to be done in their little part of earth as it is in heaven. Can you imagine this with me? What would happen on earth if God's people were to make their time fully available for his use? Every one of us. What if everyone who believes in Jesus, everyone who is following Christ, literally were to make our time fully available for his use at any point in time, 24-7? If we devoted our talents and whatever was needed of their material resources to carry out God's purpose, if we carried our bodies like the sacred temple that we really are, if we saw our employment and our career as an extension of God's calling on our lives and a fulfillment of our God-given purpose. Yeah, but man, I don't even like my job. Don't like the people there. Don't like going there. Don't like doing that. But yet, it's an extension of God's calling on your life while you're there. It's a fulfillment of our God-given purpose. He's allowed you to be there 
Maybe he's planted you there. You can argue all you want. It's between you and him, not you and me. But if you would change your perspective to realize that this employment, this career, it's an extension of God's calling on my life and his fulfillment of my God-given purpose, and then begin to use that God-given purpose with your talent to change your workplace, to shine a light into a dark place. If, if all our energies were clearly focused on knowing and following our owner's agenda and being the most obedient and effective managers of what he had entrusted us to, can you imagine how our personal life would change? It would change if, if each morning as we rose from our bed, we were genuinely and humbly praying, okay, Lord, all that I am and all that I have are at your disposal today. What are your plans for me and your stuff that I manage today? Not my will, but thy will be done today. There's no better way for us, for, for somebody to hear well done, good and faithful servant from our father, than for us to be continually asking him this one question that changes everything. God, what do you want me to do with what you have entrusted to me? It could be stuff, it could be a job, it, it, it could be a family, it could be finances, it could be material possessions. God, what do you want me to do with what you've entrusted to me? And as he reveals his plan to us, and for the things he has put under our care and management, we need to obediently carry out those plans as faithfully and as well as we can. We need to be good and faithful servants, regardless of how much or how little we have been entrusted with, or how much or how little we ultimately accomplish for him. The results are not ours. We're simply the carrier of the fire. The, the results of the blaze is not under our control. That's actually good. I could probably preach a message out of that. Can you now see why this one simple question, God what do you want me to do with what you have entrusted to me really does change everything. I challenge you to type that out and place it on your refrigerator. You know, one of those refrigerator sayings, God, what do you want me to do with what you've entrusted to me? What do you want me to do with it today? It really will change everything. When we faithfully discern and follow his directives, we will in a very real and tangible way, allow God's kingdom to come and God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Whew. What a question. What an answer. <laughs> but the one question that literally changes everything. God, what do you want me to do with what you have entrusted to me? God gives us everything we have. He's, he's given us whatever it is that we have in front of us. It might be little. It might be much. But ultimately, it doesn't matter whether it's the little or the much or somewhere in between. Our question is, God, what do you want me to do with what you have entrusted to me? What do you want me to do with the gifts, the talents, the finances, the, the, the physical possessions? What do you want me to do with this stuff that you've imparted into me that I might bring your kingdom to bear on this, on this earth? the same as it is in heaven. What a powerful thought. What a powerful question. God bless you guys. Uh, welcome to the weekend. I pray that you have a great and glorious weekend. Find you a house of worship to attend on Sunday. 
Uh, make sure it's a fire-breathing, bobby-pin-slinging, hair-flying, pew-jumping, Holy Ghost revival kind of place. Let the Spirit of God lead you, guide you, and pour into you everything that you would need to finish your race strong. Amen. God bless you guys. Ron and I love you. We thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, please continue to, to pray with us, pray for us. Uh, over us, around us, whatever you feel like doing, we'll take all the prayer we can get as we carry on this journey, uh, seeking out that which is lost so that they may be found. Financial support is always welcome. We've changed up our giving a little bit. We're using a Zephy link. It's pinned right to the top of our Facebook page. Uh, it's actually on our website. Feel free to look around there a little bit. Find a way to support us if you can. If God leads you to that, God bless you. I know he'll bless you. I know he'll return to you pressed down, shaken together, and running over, be poured right into your lap. Whatever we give to God, no matter what it is, our gifts, our talents, our finances, our possessions, he'll return it to us in the same measure in which we give. So always keep that in mind. God, what do you want me to do with what you've entrusted to me? Amen. We love you. Rhonda and I love you. We're praying for you. We'll talk to you again real soon.